body. You know, America's all about hot, badass, nasty speed. I mean, that's how you got to play the game of hockey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Behind the Mask. I'm Ryan Radosevich, joined alongside Joe Damiani. No Jacob Stinson today. He's currently probably on a flight, probably in the air right now, high in the sky, going back to uh, St. Louis for a little wedding. So no Stinson for the week, but he'll he'll be back with us next week for sure. So Jacob, or not Jacob, so Joe, the man in front of you right now. You're definitely not Jacob. You're Joe. How you doing? Why are you doing today? What's up? I'm doing good. It's been a great week. A uh, little stressful over some homework, but... Luckily, that's behind me now, and I'm just ready for MSU hockey season to start. Yep, and MSU hockey season will start. The exhibition matchup against the U.S. National Team Development Program did happen. We'll recap that in a second, but Bowling Green is on the clock, and uh, Nightingale's inaugural season is about to kick off this weekend, so that is very, very exciting for MSU fans nationwide, worldwide. MSU's definitely a worldwide brand. This guy, there's definitely some MSU lovers out there worldwide for sure. But uh, before we get into the recap of what happened against the development program, uh, just a quick shout out to uh, to Captain uh, Miroslav Musha. He he earned the C, rightfully so. And then the assistant captains are both the the Krieger brothers, Christian and Cole, getting the A, as well as uh, the junior national house. So it's actually really funny if you look at the line chart. All the left defensemen have A's next to their name. So that's uh, Cole, Christian, and national house, of course. So congratulations to them there. Oh yeah, congrats. And uh, I've been able to talk to to Miro Miroslav Mucha a lot, and just just good character. I'm glad he got the C, and you know he he just oozes respect and captainicity. That's not a word, but it's going to be a word for the podcast today. <laughs> but yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, he's bringing it, but over from Lake Superior State too, because he was an alternate captain over there. So there you go. He's got yeah. the experience, and uh, just like that, let's jump into the recap of the exhibition game. Obviously, this game did not count towards MSU's overall record. Just a little little preseason game, kind of like how, you know, a lot of sports have their preseason. You got NHL, you got NFL, but this is just one little exhibition game, and then you jump, then they throw you right to the fire. So in college hockey, you really don't get that much time to gel with your team. You just get one game, and then it then it's all it, it, all heck breaks loose. But uh so Michigan State did welcome the United States National Team Development Program. I'm just going to say USA for short because I don't want to say that 100 times. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, just just USA for short. Uh, they did welcome them in to Munai Serena and did drop 4-3. But like I said, it's preseason. It's an exhibition. You just want to get some takeaways. You're not going to burn the barn down because, holy crap, Michigan State lost to some of the world's best under-18ers. So. Yeah. And we even had Gucciardi still out with an illness, so um, he'll hopefully be back soon. Yep, and that is good to report. I actually forgot about that. Yep. Gucciardi was out in that exhibition game, and I was I was a little panicky. I'm like, oh, why is Gucciardi out the first game? He's just sick. And I saw him walking around uh, on Tuesday, and he didn't even look sick at all. So I'm assuming he'll go, but that is not official. I don't know. So we'll see. Awesome. But uh, yeah, he looked good. He wasn't coughing or sneezing, didn't even have a mask on, so we're chilling. Uh, I should have went up and asked him how he was feeling, but I, was, <laughs> I just didn't want to bother him. But anyways, getting into the recap, Michigan State did fall 4-3, but uh, Dylan Sates here got the nod, so he started in nets, obviously the transfer coming in from Quinnipiac in his sixth year of eligibility. Um, like I said earlier, obviously exhibition games, no overreactions. Uh, the USA team did open up scoring. Will Smith, who had himself a heck of a game for the USA squad, 
Uh, he opened up the scoring in the first. Uh, in the second period, Carson Dorwart uh, evens it up at one. An amazing feed from a freshman line mate, Daniel Russell. Both of them, Dorwart and Russell, were freshmen. So, I mean, we could talk about that goal for a second. I, I was very impressed by Russell in that game. I think his speed is very good. And uh, I'll talk about it a little bit more later, but he he streaked down the ice over a loose puck, got it there. I, I don't think it would have been icing. I think it was sent over the red line, but he got there first, picked his head up, waited just a little bit with the puck and saw an open lane. He fired it over to Dorwart and then Dorwart, just an absolute beauty of a shot going top cheddar on Trey Augustine. So that that's the game there. That's the goal that tied it up on one, at one there. And then... Uh, it was so it was one one after that. Uh, you know, Michigan State. It it was it was a really sloppy first period. I'll say that, but that was the first time they've played hockey together since the end of last season, and a lot of them obviously didn't play together. Yeah, a lot of new faces. Yeah, 12, 12 new additions to this roster. We'll say that number a lot this year. But um, yeah, so first was sloppy. It was going to be sloppy, of course. Second tied up at one, and then all of a sudden USA in the span of five minutes and twenty seconds on the dot scored. Three goals, so that was like, uh, you know, Michigan State got back in, tied it. Everybody's like, woo, and then all of a sudden, three goals in a row. Uh, none of them, in my opinion, were St. Sears' fault. Uh, one of them was at Oliver Moore for the USA, went absolute top cheese, picked that little hole between his right ear and the post, and just squeezed it up there. That's a that's a hard save for goalies to make, even if you're six foot two to five foot eight. Don't say Sears being five foot eight, of course. And um, another one, Victor Herzig was just a little bit out of position when he was backpedaling. He uh, went down on the ice to cover off the pass on a 1v2. He was the only defenseman. And uh, he accidentally hit his leg into Dylan St. Cyr's leg, knocked him to the side, and then USA got the easy goal. So the, the three goal, uh, the other one, you know, is standard. You know, you can blame St. Cyr a little bit, but, you know, you're not going to really blame him yeah. that much. Well, I mean, is there any difference between the size of the ice rinks? from overseas in here. Yeah, so I mean, that could make a difference there for Hertig right there. Yeah, it's a good little segue. Hertig being six foot six going onto the NAC device, which I don't know what the dimensions are. I, I should know that off the top of my head, but it's a lot smaller NA ice compared to European ice. So having to do that six foot six transferring over to North America and playing on his first game, yeah, he, uh, he definitely did struggle a bit. He's got a he's got a lot of work to do, but I mean, you know, it's a, it's a first game. It's exhibition. It's good to get that out in the exhibition game and learn from your mistakes and move on. So, yep, mm-hmm. all he has room for is to grow. <laughs> Does he have room to grow? He's six foot six, Joe. Not, <laughs> not in that way. Yeah, I know. As a player. About <laughs> so after two periods, it was uh, USA leading four one, and at that point, I'm like, oh no, like you know you don't want you don't want to see Michigan State drop their exhibition game against U18s like this especially with it was a packed Mun student section the stands were pretty pretty good for you know an exhibition game given what happened last season so when it, when they went down 4-1 I was like let's let's not let this get out of hand and that's exactly what didn't happen or it did, I don't know it did it didn't get out of hand to the third it did it but uh, we we did have a little goalie change. Uh, Dylan St. Cyr uh, did did take the bench, and Pierce Charleston started for the third. I was able to ask uh, Coach Nightingale 
if this was planned, because I was assuming they were going to do a little little 50-50. I actually tweeted it out prematurely when I thought Dylan Sincere went to the bench, but it was just a timeout, so we went to drink water. And then he came back out, and five minutes later, I noticed I would have deleted that live tweet really quick. Whoopsie on that. But um, I asked Coach if this was planned, and he literally just said, no, nothing was really planned at all. You know, I got together with the coaches after the second period, and they said, you know, or we they all said that, they agreed to put Charleston in. So it kind of seemed like the original plan was to just keep St. Cyr in, but they were like, okay, since you're letting a couple goals, just throwing Charleston in. So it wasn't planned, but it was like a little weird. Yeah, but who knows really game plan wise. I mean, if we were up, say if we were up going into the third period, maybe we would have still pulled St. Cyr and put in Charleston just to see what he was going to do in that game. And But I mean... If it was a close game, I don't know if we pull St. Cyr there. That's that's the one thing I was thinking. So St. Cyr did finish the night with 19 saves, off of 23 shots. And like we said, the goals he let in weren't egregiously on him. You know, a lot of the goals were actually not his fault at all. Um, I'd say probably one goal, you know, he would have wanted back. But as a goalie, if you let in one goal you want back, that's a good night. So um, so third period, completely different story. I think the team flipped a switch between the second and the third because it was it was like holy crap this team is clicking they outshot usa 18 to 4 in that third period they were down 4-1 and then right off the bat i think i don't know maybe two and a half minutes into the third turned and shouty the freshman uh he was playing that left wing he got a little 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 dirty goal in front he got got some rebound luck and he was able to he was, he, was at, he had a really good position compared to the goalie augustine was a little bit too far out after trying to get that rebound and uh, and Shouty was just able to find it loose between like three defensemen, take it, and then just shove it into the back of the net. So good goal to get. Nothing crazy, but uh, and Shouty does get on the board. So that's two freshmen scoring so far for Michigan State, which is which is pretty cool to see. That did make it uh, 4-2 there. And then this is something that definitely put a smile on Spartan fans, something that a lot of Spartan fans saw last year, if if you did make it through watching last year, God bless your soul. Uh, but Davidson did get a goal, and it was a beautiful cross-ice feed from Eric Middendorf. Uh, Davidson got it right right on the tape, delayed a little bit, gave a little half-slapper, and beat Augustine uh, near side. I think technically that was, uh, that was his lo- glove side, so he beat him low glove side right above the leg pad. Just a typical Jeremy Davidson goal scorer goal, which... MSU fans saw time in time out last year, so it's good to see them connecting again. And uh, yeah, they made a four three there. That was early on in the third, and it was like, oh, I went. I don't know about you, but when Davidson scored that that goal to make a four three, I'm like, MSU's 100 percent tying this. Did you think that? I thought it too. No, yeah. yeah. Um, and we had a lot of chances there at the end. Yeah, a lot, a lot um, of good chances. I mean, it just felt like we settled down in the third period. We were able to possess and move it around and dump it in and chase and get it back, you know? So it was just a lot of good things in that third period that um, Nightingale himself said that they're going to build on. So I think the the biggest switch in the third was Michigan State finally started to control the neutral zone better. In the first and second period, it was super sloppy. They would get the yeah. puck, turn it over. USA would turn it back. MSU would turn it back over, and the neutral zone all sloppy. But in the third MSU, in my opinion, really, really did well in the neutral zone at nullifying their attack. They did let them get through. They got the zone, but it never seemed like they got good possession off of it. Like, they 
This forecheck was scrambly. Sure, it got to the puck, but they never had possession in the MSU zone for that long. Obviously, only getting four shots on Charleston in a period. Yeah. You know, that's that's a good period for the Spartans. So third period, completely different game in my book, and it was it was a really good third period. Kind of an eye-opening, like, okay, this is what this team could do. So, like, you know, that's like like we said at the top of the show, exhibition game you want takeaways. I took a lot away from the third period, that's for sure. But like I said, it was 4-3. The uh, MSU barrage of 18 shots in the third couldn't get another one past Trey Augustine, and they uh, they did eventually pull the goalie. They pulled Charleston, get the extra skater. Uh, couldn't get one past Augustine. It was it was really really good effort to try to get back in there, but they couldn't. But I've said the name Trey Augustine, even though Michigan State lost four three to them. That's good because Trey Augustine, the goalie in net for USA, is an MSU commit planning to join the team next year. And he made 34 saves off 37 shots. A lot, a lot of point blank danger area saves. He was very, very sharp, very good. And I'm, I'm a little excited for him to be strapping up in the green and white next season if everything works out right. Oh yeah, very excited. I mean, um, just to have somebody between the pipes like that that can keep the puck in play, it, it it'll do wonders for us in the future. I mean, what, uh, what is Pierce? Is Pierce Charleston a junior? He is junior, yeah. Yeah, that's so, what. That's I mean, what he'll I be back next year. Yeah, so, I mean, it just gives him room to grow and learn behind Pierce. So, yeah, I actually, I love the timeline of this because Charleston going into this is his junior year. Obviously, unless he transfers out or something crazy happens, he'll be back for his senior year. But um, Dylan Saints here, he's done after this year, so Trey Augustine will be able to step into that that second goalie role, and then John Moore, I'm pretty sure, the third-string goalie, I think he's a junior. Don't quote me on that, but he'll still be there. But um, I, I like the time where Trey Augustine will come into the team next year, have one year under Charleston to you know, get some game action, You know, because college hockey, for some odd reason, every team likes to play 1A, 1B goalies. Not every team, but a lot of teams do. So it'll be, it'll be a good learning year. It'll be like a... Uh, Patrick Mahomes behind Alex Smith type year. If uh, shout out to NFL followers there, if you know what I mean by that. But um, now every team is trying to copy that. I feel like, but that's not going to happen. <laughs> You're not going to find another Patrick Mahomes randomly. But uh, yeah, I like that. I definitely like that for looking into the MSU future. And uh, we are finally almost done with this recap. Long winded recap for one exhibition game. Not going to lie, but um. Like like we said, MSU did drop that contest for three. A lot of positives to take on it, especially from the third. And for some context, uh, USNTDP also played Notre Dame, which uh, the following day. So they played Notre. They played Michigan State Saturday, Notre Dame Sunday, and then uh, they actually won at Notre Dame, which Notre Dame was ranked number nine in the nation. Notre Dame finished off last year very strong. They made the uh, the tournament. I guess I could call it the Frozen Four tournament. I don't know the official name, but uh, they, yeah, USA did actually beat them five three at Notre Dame's barn. So that's just for context. Still an exhibition game for ND, but something to note, definitely, definitely, definitely something to note. I mean, Notre Dame uh, being number nine in preseason rankings, like to go. I mean, and it's not like they're going to USA. USA came to them just like they came to us and they beat both of us. Like so it's you know, nothing really crazy because they're probably switching up their lines too, just like we were, just to see how everybody's playing together, but yep. 
So, some takeaways from the game. That's been the the thing we're trying to hammer here with the exhibition game, obviously. I really like how, obviously, some of the young guys, the freshmen, got on the board. Tiernan Shouty, uh, Carson Dorwart, got, both got goals. Dylan Russell, primary assist on the uh, Shouty goal. I really liked how they played. It didn't seem like it was their first collegiate action at all. Obviously, you know, scoring goals in your first collegiate game makes you look a little bit older, but... They look solid. They, I really, really like what they did. So that's that's one takeaway for me. And then another one is this team. This team's going to fight. Uh, they're in the in the um, preseason. All the talk was around, or all the talk around practice was how intense and how one hundred percent go 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 the practices and how conditioned these players would be and how much they'll fight. I from that third period alone, I'm ready to jump the gun. I'm jumping over the hurdle. I'm diving into the pool, and I'm saying this team is going to be gritty. It's going to fight. It's going to be kind of like uh, Dan Campbell's Detroit Lions biting off kneecaps. Okay, maybe not that extreme, but I think I think they're going to fight. I think they're going to be a uh, a team that doesn't give up and doesn't quit. And I think they're they're fully invested. I think every single player is fully invested in Nightingale and his coaching staff. And I think they're going to be resilient and fight well. And that's that's one of my takeaways. You got any takeaways at all, John? No, not really. Okay, I got you. I got you. Yeah, I was the one who wrote the takeaway piece, so I kind of put that in the uh, the doc just so I could <laughs> spiel. Well, uh, go ahead and read that takeaway piece. It's on Impact89FM's website. Just search Impact89FM, and it should pop up. It's a beautiful-looking website, and you can see my beautiful-looking face at the bottom of the article, and I don't know why I pointed that out, but whatever. Anyways, moving on to... Uh, obviously, taking some more stuff around away from this game... Uh, there are some lines. Well, there's one line and some players that I think did amazing. The first one I want to talk about, Christian Krieger. Christian Krieger had his ups and downs last year as a, a senior defenseman. I think he he uh, actually had a developing year, which is weirder that late in your career to have more of a development year, especially on a down year that Michigan State had. But I think he worked on his game very well. And one thing he worked on his game, uh, one thing that worked out in this game very well was his his poise of the puck, his puck protection. Uh, he was never scared. He he had people around him, but he was never hurried to play the puck. He looked like a veteran at skating with the puck, which he is. And that is amazing to see. I saw him body so many people. And I know it's U18. I know it's underweight people they're facing, but it's really good to see that. He was super confident skating with the puck. He looked like a, like a Matthew Barzal. Matthew Barzal skating around the offensive zone at some point. At, at some point, he actually tried to split two defenders for a breakaway. And I'm like, Christian Krieger, what the heck are you doing? And it almost worked. And so I, I think he, he took an, an even another step. And I'm really excited to see how he looks this year. Also, Cole did look good as well. But I think Christian Christian definitely uh, definitely takes the cake on that one. Do you have any any players, Joe? Um, Christian, I mean, feeling like a cat, uh, a veteran. I mean... That's just how it is. I mean, he was a veteran last year, but now he's feeling like a veteran. Like, <laughs> like he's going around act, acting like he's the man, you know? And we love to see it, and he's still going to always look for that opening that he needs to get it to. He's not going to, you know, just take it himself every time or anything. Like, he's just finally bringing it all together, which is nice to see. And hopefully they can bring their penalty minutes down. <laughs> yes, that would be that would be nice. They, I, I don't think they... Yeah, I don't think any of them got a penalty there. I don't think so. No. I feel like I would have remembered if they did based on how many times that happened last season. But um, another player that I really like to watch, and I heard a lot of buzz around him in the preseason. Freshman Daniel Russell, obviously, I mentioned he got a primary assist. 
Uh, his his speed his speed is very 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 good. You could notice him flying up and down the ice, and his speed is the reason why he got that primary assist on the uh, door work goal. He you know like I said earlier sped down the ice, got to the puck first, delayed, found the pass, got it in, boom. But not just his speed because everybody's been talking about his speed. What another thing I like about Russell is his willingness to go into the danger areas, fight for the puck, and he actually won. He's one of the the shorter and less sized guys on the team. I think he's 5'9", 153 as a freshman. So I think he yeah, he's definitely on the the smaller side, but he was not he was not worried. He did not flinch about going into the corners, battling for dirty pucks. Maybe it was against, you know, U eighteen competition. He just had that buff. He's like, you know, I, I am this guy. You know, I'm I'm that guy. Let's go. I'm a bully him around. But I want to see if that continues because he very, very much surprised me. And I, I loved I loved watching his game. And then another guy that I got is Zach Dubinsky. Overall, I think solid game in the in the uh, forward aspect and defensive aspect. But the reason why I'm writing about him, or I'm talking about him rather, is because uh, I think he did very, very well on the faceoff dot, which is uh, something that MSU needs with Josh Nodler uh, departing. Josh Nodler was one of the best Big Ten faceoff takers in you know in the Big Ten. English words. Can I say them? I don't really know. But uh, losing Josh Nadler is huge. So if Zach Dupinski can step up on the faceoff dot, he was 8 for 12 that game. And if he is consistent, that's something that MSU would love, especially if he could step up on like second line power play and win those faceoffs. Obviously, Jesse Tucker is another guy who can win the faceoffs, and he did good. I think he was 60%. But Zach Dupinski was looking good in that faceoff dot, looking good offensively, defensively. So that's why, that's why I just wanted to give him a little praise. And then for a line I got, I actually really like the fourth line of Jagger Joshua, Carson Dorwart, and then Daniel Russell. I've talked a lot about Daniel Russell, so I won't really talk about him. Carson Dorwart just put himself in a great position to get a goal, and he had an amazing release. And then the combination of them two freshmen with a sen- now senior, I'm pretty sure, Jagger Joshua, He was it was, it was kind of like a fun line to watch. It's always fun to watch what a line does with Jagger Joshua on it. And the fact that he was with two freshmen and they were actually doing good. I, you know, I just wanted to to give him some props too. But the other thing is with the lines, I didn't want to talk about them too much because they're probably going to look completely different come this Friday night against Bowling Green. So I didn't go, we didn't go too in depth with the lines, but those are some players and a line I, I liked uh, that played well. So moving on, let me take a, take a little sip of water here. My, my mouth's getting dry. Mm. Ah, here we go. Uh, not sponsored by Water, but Water, if you want to sponsor us, give us a shout. You know my number. Anyways, <laughs> we're moving on. Michigan State will open their regular season Friday night. The first game in the Nightingale era taken on, welcoming in, receiving Old CCHA rival, Bowling Green State University, freaking Falcons. They're welcoming them in, and uh, it's going to be interesting. I'm actually really looking forward to the series. Obviously, you know, first real game action of the year, so it's going to be fun to see how these teams face off against each other. A little bit of history between these two teams. Like I said, they used to be old CCHA rivals, so they got a lot of games between each other. Michigan State leads the all-time series, 74 wins, 32 losses, and 9 ties. Last time these two teams played, MSU did win 3-2 back in 2017. And uh, if you guys want a little blast from the past, the goal scores for that game were Tommy Apap, Patrick Kordorinko, and Taro Hirose. So 
gosh, I wish those guys could be back for another year of eligibility. That would be nice. But um, that was 2017. This is 2022. So it's it's we're in the future now. The future is now. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> last year, Bowling Green State when uh, why are they called Bowling Green State University? There's no Bowling Green University that they got to compete with. I actually don't know, to be honest. What, you, you know what? Find out why they're called Bowling Green. I want to know. I want to know right here, right now on the pod. That's such an odd name. And the fact that they're Bowling Green State on top of it. It's just... <laughs> Anyways, uh, Bowling Green went 15, 19, and 3 last year and placed 6th out of 8th in the CCHA. So not, not a strong season for them. Obviously not a strong season for MSU last year. So it's going to be uh, it's gonna be two teams trying to get off the schneid of last year so to speak and see if they could improve from what they did last year so it's going to be a lot of a lot of proving for these two teams that's for sure uh bgsu did return their top four scores so that's some, definitely something to note and they already have regular season game action they did open up their season last week going to marquette michigan to face off uh the against northern michigan by the way marquette michigan beautiful city uh it's Go there if you can. Definitely in the summer, not in the winter, though. Summer's beautiful. Mwah. Anyways, <laughs> enough with me sidetracking myself. Um, so they did They did go to Northern Michigan. Uh, BG won the first game, 6-4, and then they lost the second game, 4-3, in overtime. And uh, NMU's a good team. They went They went 20-16-1 last year, and I think they're poised to have a, another good season. They were also in and out of being ranked near the 15-20s last year, so... Enemy was a strong team, and BG tested them. BG could have definitely swept that series going away, so it's a little bit daunting if you're MSU going like, oh, okay. They they got their first two games in in the regular season. They got more you know game time than MSU, and they faced a pretty good opponent and put up some good results, so it's going to be interesting. Definitely going to be a little bit interesting. Uh, did you find out what what my brain desires, Joe? <laughs> um. Well, during the... Uh. During the progressive era in the late 1800s, uh, they were part of the growth in public institutions to meet demands for training and professional development of teachers. Oh. And they actually were named Bowling Green State Normal School. So I think that was their way of saying public school back then, was normal that it was school. a normal school. So no, nothing to do with bowling? Uh, I mean, that is, it's in Bowling Green. Oh wait, Which that's is a city that's, in Ohio. Okay, well that's the and answer. Then, I had no idea that was a city <laughs> name in Ohio. <laughs> Don't go to Ohio, guys. <laughs> yeah, it's actually uh, named Bowling Bowling Green after Bowling Green, which is in New York. It's like a garden or something. Oh, but right, though the more you know, little, just little tidbit there. Yeah, just their city name. I probably could have <laughs> thought of that one, but it's, who names a university bowling green? No, no bowling, no greens, because nothing is green in Ohio. Ohio sucks. Just kidding. I shouldn't say that. What if I get a job in Ohio, first job out of college, they dig up my podcast and they, they just see me clowning <laughs> on Ohio. I personally oh am neutral about Ohio. If I worked in Ohio, that would be cool. Anyways, moving on. We do have some game predictions. Um, we're going to try to predict exactly what happens or at least i am i'm gonna to try to throw some scores in there uh see if i could get something right but first game it's friday night at seven at mon ice arena you know east you know michigan state's home their home since whatever that one year it was built i don't know it wasn't built but it's a while ago but um i'm taking michigan state in the first game to open up their regular season with a win at home 
I'm taking I'm taking three two Michigan State in that one. That's what that's what I'm going for. I feel confident with what they got. I think Charleston is net in net is going to be able to stop this Bowling Green offense that put up six goals and three goals in two games. Six goals, three goals, you know, nine goals in two games, whatever. They got a decent offense. I think Charleston is going to be looking very sharp. I think he's going to be in net for that game. And I think MSU takes that first game under the Nightingale helm. 3-2. What about you? That first game, I think, final 2-1 MSU. Um, the MSU special, the 2-1. Oh, yeah. Seen that way too many times. Yeah, I mean, that's hockey for you. <laughs> that's hockey, baby. <laughs> Same with soccer if we were talking about that. So, um, But, yeah. Yeah. Um, I honestly don't know who's going to start in the net. Uh, I believe they'll go, like you said earlier, like a 1A, 1B. I mean, honestly, they could do a 1A, 2A. Like, <laughs> they're both really good in the net, and Charleston looked very good in that fourth, but he, all, or I mean, in the third period, but he also didn't get much action. Yeah, so, I mean, four shots, yeah. you never know. Um, I, which, I mean, might be worth throwing him in the fire this week on Friday. So, just to see how he handles it. And, how much he has grown from last year and improved. So Yeah, I think the reason why they played since Saints here mostly in that exhibition is because I think they know what they got in Charleston. They're confident and they just wanted to see Saints here in game action, which yeah. that makes me think that the reason why they put Saints here in that game is because they wanted to start Charleston this game. So a little little sleuthing, but I yeah. think I think that's what's going on. If I could sniff out what the <laughs> coach staff is doing there. Enough of that. Anyways, uh, game two. It's at Bowling Green. They're doing a home and home. Um, I think Michigan State is going to fall in this game at Bowling Green. I'm going 4-2 for the Falcons. MSU will start out their season with a split. What do you got? I'm actually going to go 3-1 loss there. Um, I also know that I don't remember the name of the guy on Barstool, but I did see that College Hockey Game Day is yeah. going to be there for that game. That's in actually pretty Green, crazy. So. First year they're doing it too, which is yeah, absolutely hype. Year. Grow the yeah. game. Let's go. And Beautiful so, game, College Hockey. I mean, you, you never know how rowdy it'll get down there. <laughs> it's Bowling Green. <laughs> it's, it is Bowling Green. I don't really know much about him. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. So <laughs> I know that their university is in Bowling Green, Ohio. I just what don't ham? get why they put state in it. I don't either. <laughs> that just doesn't make sense to me. I don't think Bowling Green is one of the 50 nifty United States from 13 original Wait, colonies. Is it not Showed in Ohio? Them. Is it Ohio? Yeah. Okay. Isn't there a Bowling Green, Kentucky, though? I, don't, I never heard of Bowling Green as a city name in my life. How many city names are named Bowling Green? How did they get named that? After a garden in freaking New York. Okay. We're... <laughs> <laughs> we're going in we're going in too deep about this yeah. about this name it is it is an interesting name though so those are game predictions we'll see if we're right and bowling green is a city in kentucky as well <laughs> um but you never know there could be a bowling green in every state in this country you know what i'm gonna do um if i if i get rich and famous and retire and just have unlimited time i'm gonna go on a road trip in the United States and visit every single Bowling Green city there is just because. Will I ever get rich and famous and retire with a lot of free time? Probably not. We're in the world of journalism and you kind of have to uh, work your butt talks off to uh, to get to the top, but we'll see. We'll, we'll see. 
so yeah predictions we'll see if uh, we get those right if if we do get those right let us know tweet at tweet at us because i kind of forget these when i say them and if we get them right especially if one of us gets both of them that would be like super dope i never predict anything right in sports so that would be cool did you do the first goal for msu uh well no we're about to right now who is going to score the first goal of the regular season for michigan state joe who who is going to do it and don't pick saint Cyr or charleston because you're crazy <laughs> yeah no that would be a little <laughs> little over overboard because i'm picking them no <laughs> i'm crazy no. breakaway or <laughs> <laughs> they can't skate it past the red light i think patrick Waugh found that out a long time ago when he got a penalty for it <laughs> Honestly, I'm going to go with a pick that, uh, I mean, might be a little under underrated just because. I like those picks. Yeah. Uh, Tanner Kelly. Ooh. I think he might get our first goal of the season. Do you have a reason why? Uh, I mean, I just like what he does. He's solid. He's consistent. He does everything right. Um, Good 200-foot skater for he sure. doesn't yeah. do much wrong. Uh, it, he just doesn't take the shots that he needs to. What if he cheats um, on his exams? What? What if he cheats on his exams? That's something wrong. What uh, if, yeah. Do you know I, I mean, do I don't think he he'd that? be on the hockey team if he did that. True. <laughs> True. Tanner Kelly, I'm sorry for accusing you of said action. I know you don't do that. <laughs> Just wanted to randomly say that for no reason. Anyways. <laughs> um, so, for me, I'm going a little bit of an unorthodox pick, too, because I think it's more fun when you pick unorthodox people to score. I've been harping on him a little bit in this podcast. Christian Krieger. I loved how I loved how he played, and he was aggressive in the offensive zone, even from his defensive position. I think he's gonna he's gonna tickle the twine for MSU for the first time in the 2022-2023 season. So um yeah, that's 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 our picks for first goals. What what if MSU goes scoreless this weekend? Oof. <laughs> that's not happening. That is not happening. They're no, scoring it is a goal. Not. And if they don't, you guys can yell at us because we just absolutely <laughs> jinxed it on air here. <laughs> so uh, next little question we got going on. Who is going to start in net? I'll let you go first, Joe. Uh, the I first already, game. The first game. Oh, we can talk about the game. second first game, game too. I yeah. mean, probably Pierce Charleson. Yeah. Uh, just from what page. you said earlier. Mm. Made more sense to me thinking about it that way. Yeah. But do you think they're going, based on what happens in the first game, do you think they're going St. Cyr? Um, like, what if Charleston goes forty save shutout four zero win MSU? Will they put Saints here in? I think they still will. Yeah, I, I think game. they will too. Yeah. I mean, it, for forty plus saves, you 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 need a day off. <laughs> yeah. True. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. No, you. Yeah. Yeah. But like, it, if it's below thirty, and you know, you you never know. But um, I just think they're gonna want to see both of them before we get into Big Ten action. So yeah, that's an excellent point, and I think yeah, no matter what happens in that first game, which I think Charleston will also start. Like I said, I think they're putting Saint Cyr, or if they do Saint Cyr in the first game, they'll do Charleston in the second game because Charleston also has played a lot of games away. Uh, in the is his other two seasons, he played a lot, a lot of hard, uh, hard to play arenas away, and uh, yeah, I mean he kind of got hung out to dry. Most games last year, I don't want to don't want to talk about some of the games he started, but I think he's an, an amazing goalie. His stats last year don't really uh, circumference what his skill is. So I think I think Charleston's going to start first game. I think he's going to put up uh, a really good score line this year, a really good stat line this year. Rather, I don't think Charleston's scoring many points. Hoping for a couple assists, maybe a goalie goal. That'd be cool. If I could, oh, if we saw a goalie goal in college, yeah, oh my god, good. the barn's burning down. Charleston sniping it from. 
175 feet that would be cool so um anyways moving on from that we got some overall record predictions and uh jacob's not here so we'll get his prediction next week but we were going to try to see if we could predict the uh, the records right. Last year with uh, Cam, Jacob, and I, we all tried and we all failed. But this year, I have confidence. Why? Because I have confidence. Um, it is a 34-game season. We're not counting the Big Ten tournament at the end. We are counting both GLI games, obviously, because those regular season, those will count. So I'm going off a 34-game season. I'm going... Definitely better than last year. Last year was 12, 23, and 1. I'm going. It's a rebuilding year. It's I don't think MSU is going to go crazy or jump crazily up in the uh the win column, but I'm I'm thinking 15 wins, 17 losses, and two ties. That's the overall record for MSU this season. So yeah, nothing really to talk about there. So Joe, what do, what do you think they're gonna do? Yeah, um I'm I think they're gonna go have a five hundred season. Uh sixteen Wins, 16 losses, and two ties. Um, I think they'll get one more tie than last year. Um, we just didn't really have the firepower to get through and get those. So, so yeah, I mean, hey, we're, we're very similar. You literally just have one more win than I do, so... We'll see. We'll see if those are right. That'll be cool if we get something right. We're predicting a lot of stuff this episode, and we're not done yet. We're gonna predict more, and it's totally gonna be right. Because, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Big Ten preview. We're gonna try to predict every single placement of all seven teams in the Big Ten. And God Almighty, if we get one of these right, I'm buying some lottery ticket because that would be crazy. Even the experts, the people that get paid to watch these teams year in year out, never get this right. So, um. Yeah, I guess we'll we'll start from the bottom. Started from the bottom. Now we here. Shout out to whatever that one song was. Start from the bottom. There's some explicit words. I'm not going to keep singing that. Anyways, <laughs> so we're going to start at number seven and work our way down. For me, my number seven pick. I it's hard to pick a seventh, especially in a seven game division when usually all the competition's really tight. Uh for number seven, I just. Out of all teams, this team gives me the least amount of hype, and this team also could definitely go up to, I could see third place as a ceiling, probably eh, fourth place as a ceiling, but I'm picking Wisconsin. They were uh, tied fifth for with Penn State last year. I think technically Penn State did win the tie, or not win the tiebreaker. I think they had a tiebreaker over Wisconsin. Don't quote me on that, but I'll, we'll say they tied for fifth just because that's what it officially kind of says. Uh, they didn't have a good season last year. They... um. They do have their their top three point getters back, and Matthew DeSaint Fell, Carson Coolmans, and Brock Caulfield somehow starting like a 17th season, it feels like. But for me, this is what I'll say uh, uh, with another team. I think Wisconsin's got the offense. I just don't see the defense, and I do not trust their goaltender, uh, Jared Moe, for some reason. I He's a good goalie. Don't get me wrong. His stats show he's a good goalie. I've seen him last year, but... I just I don't see the defense of this team too much, and Michigan State was able to sweep this team last year. Obviously, it was at home, and it was earlier in the MSU season, but MSU did sweep this Wisconsin team, and I don't see many additions that are needle-moving for Wisconsin. So I'm picking, I'm picking Wisconsin finishing dead last, which I will definitely bite the bullet on that, but hey, you got to put some team last. So Wisconsin, Badgers, I'm sorry, but... uh. I hope you finish last. <laughs> Savage. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, 
Mine is Penn State, the other one that they tied with. Oh, number seven, Penn State, Nittany Lions. So somebody who tied in fifth last year is going to come in last. Maybe, by our professional opinion. Oh, yeah, definitely professional. (laughs) Um, And Penn State is returning their top three scorers, Kevin Wall, Connor McEachern, and Ryan Kerwan. Oh, he's got a cool first name. And, uh, I mean, there's a lot to like. The team is very good offensively, but, um, I mean, it's the same with Wisconsin. Their defense is just question marks across the board. Um, they lost Oscar Ascio. Audio. Audio. Yep. Okay. Ooh, good, luck, the, good luck with the other goalie's name. <laughs> the better two of the goalies and Liam Soulier. Yeah. And they didn't add anybody better than him, so. Yeah, audio's gone. Soulier never really... I mean, I feel like he had an under 900 average. I, he never really seemed like a starting Big Ten goalie for me, and he obviously was a backup. So for him to step up into number one goalie role in that team, I think I may have missed something. There may be a transfer, but I don't know. That uh, that defense, yeah, I'm, I'm agreeing with you on that defense is not going to be looking too sharp. Their offense looks really good. They return a lot, but yeah, their defense too. So uh, that, that segues me. Oh, that doesn't segue me perfectly into my number six. <laughs> Ooh, do I do I switch it right now? Do I? Mm, I want to switch. So right now, I've got Michigan State at sixth, Penn State at fifth. I want to do Michigan State a little bit more justice since we cover this team. But no, I'm sticking with it. It's it's what I put down earlier. I'm sticking with it. I'm going number six, finishing number six in the Big Ten. Uh, it's it's Michigan State, and I I I'm drinking the juice since I'm covering this team. I feel like. Whenever somebody covers a team, they'll get a little bit more excited than they probably should because they get to see the insides of the team and what, you know, every word everybody's saying, all the coach talk, all the player interview talk. So I I may be drinking a little bit of the the juice there, but I'm not putting them at fifth. I did think, I think their ceiling is fifth, but I'm putting them at sixth. Obviously them, you know, getting rid of dancing cold, they hire Nightingale and whole new coaching staff. So it's, it's just going to be a bunch of question marks around this team. This team, in my opinion, is the biggest question mark in the Big Ten because you got 16 returning players as lo- as well as 12 new players, six freshmen, six transfers, and a whole new coaching staff. I don't think anybody has a direct scope on how this team will go. I think their ceiling is fifth, maybe even fourth if something goes crazy. But uh, I, I'm picking them as sixth, obviously losing... Uh, Dennis Cezana on defense, Lewandowski on offense, and Deritter to the portal. That that really hurts. But they got you know six transfers coming in: Underwood, Jalen, Miro, everybody else. I it's it's going to be a big question mark, and I think that they capitalize. I think that they they catch teams sleeping. They they fight hard. They battle hard. They bite off the kneecaps. The old Dan Campbell special. And uh, yeah, I think MSU is going to be number six fighting for that fifth late, which will be a revelation in MSU hockey over the past six years because they have not been fighting for any position other than sixth and seventh late in the season. So I'm picking MSU to to finish sixth, but I can see a world where they finish fifth. Yeah, I'm picking Wisconsin number six. Um, I honestly think they just have the upper hand on Penn State um, because they added some... Good freshman this year, um, Cruz Lucius, and mm. he is yeah. actually selected by the Hurricanes in the entry draft. Um, Charlie Stramel. What, what was he selected? What, 
Uh, fourth round. Fourth round? Yeah. Oh, what? He was fourth rounder? Yeah. Dang, I thought he was a lot higher than that. Okay. Um, but Charlie Stramel is another freshman. He's a projected first rounder for next year. Ooh. Um, Stramel? Well, I'm going to keep my eye on him. This year's draft. Yeah. 23, so next year's. What am I saying? After the season. Sorry. And then um, Ben Dexheimer, a defenseman, and Tyson Jugnoth, who is also a defenseman. Hopefully I got their names right. Sorry if I did not. <laughs> um, they are from the USHL, and the latter is from BCHL. And um, the latter is was actually the 2022 BCHL Defensive Man of the Year, which, um, Ooh. I mean, looks good. Uh, and they returned their goaltender, Jared Moe, who had 2.97 goals against um, per game and a 9.17 save percentage. So I think that gives them the ground on Penn State just because, I mean, they both are questionable on defense, but um, Penn State's goalie is not the greatest. Mm. So, I mean, you never know how it'll go. Jared Moe did end up, you know, a lot. Who who did they use their backup as a one B? I I season? think their backup transferred out. Let me. Okay. I wanna I wanna actually find that out because that's something I did not bother to check out when I was. Because they, I was doing they my had the research. worst scoring margin in the Big Ten last year. So with Ooh. these stats from yeah. Jared Moe, I just don't see how that was possible. Well, other than losing to Minnesota. Five nothing and eight nothing. Yeah, they they also had Cameron Rowe, and I have no idea where he is. Mm. Let me see how many games he played last year. Yeah, Mo was a starter. He played thirty one games, eight wins, sixteen losses, and then you said you know two point nine seven goals against, nine one seven save percentage, and then Cameron Rowe played fourteen games, two wins, eight losses, some stand in games with a four point three goals allowed and a point eight six one. Yeah, so. Their backup, which I think is gone. He might still be there. Just don't call me on that. But it's it's Jared Mosnet and not looking like anybody else's. And I'm I mean, hey, I'm I'm not too confident in both Jared Moe and Jared Moe from Wisconsin and Liam Solier from yeah. Penn State. But um yeah, so that's why that's why they're down there. But I'll go into my number five team. So right now I got Wisconsin at seven, Michigan State six, Penn State is clocking in at number five for me. I kind of talked about them, so I won't be too much of a long-winded broken record, but they do got their top three scores back. I really, really like their offense, especially how it looked last year, so returning them is huge. Um, but it's just defensively. It's it's a question mark. Can the defense step up? I think they lost, I can't recall his name, but they lost a second-line defenseman that was very solid. Obviously, you know, it's college. You're going to lose players and gain players, so it, it's a revolving door, but... I, I just don't think their defense is good, and I don't think they stepped up on defense over this offseason, over this past year, and I do not trust them too much in goalie, but I do love their offense enough to put them above Wisconsin and Michigan State, in my opinion. So for me, number five, Penn State and Indy Lions clocking in there. Yeah, uh, recap my number seven through five um penn state number seven wisconsin number six and then michigan state i have at number five yes i think they can pop out of the bottom two spots this year um hey maybe penn state and wisconsin tie for six you never know and last year (laughs) it was an absolute dogfight with penn state wisconsin and michigan state for the longest time it was them at the bottom battling and then just got under them right yeah 
unfortunately, the, thanks to that 12-game yeah. losing streak. I don't want to talk about that. Anyways. But, yeah, um, I just love what they've been doing. Uh, they have guys on both sides of the rink that can consistently deliver. Um, they have two capable starters for goalie. I mean, like I've been saying, I think that they'll be um, switched back and forth frequently from game to game even. And um, I just think all the transfers they made, it's just been beneficial even – Justin Jalen, like he's not even uh, a captain or an alternate captain, and he was an alternate captain, I believe, at Brown. Mm. And, um, you know, that's got to mean a lot that you have guys like that that aren't even, you know, a captain or an alternate captain on the ice um, bringing their experience to the game. So, Yeah, it's a lot of experience with MSU this year, especially with coming, you know, coming from, I think, four or five grad transfers. I think it's four. Five and then one junior transfer. Once again, don't call me on that. But uh, I really like MSU that the fact that they're returning their top three scores, Jesse Tucker, Jeremy Davidson, Eric Mendendorf. I think that that line wasn't a line in the exhibition match, but I I'm assuming they'll go back to that. We'll see though. Completely new coaching staff, and I don't know the read on him. But I like I like MSU, and I know you picked them fifth. I picked them sixth. But with that being said, I could see them, like I said, getting fifth as well. So moving on to my number fourth finish. My number one through four, I really did not, like, I just didn't want to pick this just because I, it's not because I don't know, it's just because, like, holy crap, I don't know. I just, I don't know. There's no real way of explaining why my brain just didn't want to put Notre Dame, Minnesota, Michigan, and Ohio State, these four teams labeled between one, two, three, and four. I, I don't know why. So, I'm going OSU fourth, and I say that with not much confidence because I could I could see them crazy enough winning the Big Ten. I did say that. Okay, yep, I said that. That was out loud. That's on the record. Can't bleep that one out. I could see Ohio State winning the Big Ten. I could see them gain second. I could see them gain third. But I'm putting them at fourth. They had a very, I, I in my opinion, a sneaky, very a good, very good season last year. Uh, you you got to look at the competition they were facing off against Michigan. Minnesota and Notre Dame, all three of those teams were powerhouses, in my opinion, last year. And Ohio State sneakily was able to, I think, finish five points underneath Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame at 47, Ohio State at 42. So, yeah, I, in my opinion, they had a very sneakily good season last year. And it was basically all because of freshmen. No, I think they were fin- they were picked uh, to finish last in the Big Ten last year. And everybody was like, yeah, that makes sense. And then all of a sudden, these freshmen came out of nowhere. The defenseman Mason Lowry... Uh, their goaltender, Jakob Dobesh, was standing on his head nine times out of ten. Uh, they also got uh, forward Cam Tysing back. They they got a lot of freshmen that produced a lot of points last year returning. They don't have freshman uh, Go- Georgie, I think Georgie Merkulov, I think that's how you pronounce it. He signed with the Bruins. He had 34 points, was by far the the biggest uh, goal scorer and a point getter on that team. That was a freshman as well. He's gone, but the rest of the freshmen, they're back. The a, a bunch of good starters are back. I, it's it it's it, this team's good. This team sneaky was sneakily very good last year. They went on a thirteen and two run. It was it was outstanding what they were doing before it all crumbled down against Minnesota and Michigan to close out the season. They got swept both in those uh, two series to close out the season. But it was like holy crap, how is Ohio State doing this? And I think if they get any of that juice back from last year into this year that they could they like I said they could surprise and win the Big Ten. 
Uh, the only thing I the only thing I really got a note about this team, and probably the reason why I didn't put them any higher, probably the reason why I stuck them at fourth, is they didn't really add anything eye-opening to me in this offseason. I may have missed some stuff in my research, but it, they, they return a lot, but they didn't really add too much. So that's why I'm putting them as fourth. But like I said, I could see them finishing first, second, third, fourth, fifth, it's, it's going to be interesting. Ohio State's going to be one of the interesting teams to see where they end up. So they're they're checking in at number four on my list. Yeah, so this top four, yeah, is very hard to choose. Um, yeah, okay, I'm glad, I'm glad you struggled like uh, me. In the same way, I also do not know a whole deal about some of the teams. I mean, I know a little bit about Michigan just because they're across town, but... <laughs> Um, let's Down see. the road. But yeah, number four, I have Michigan, actually. U of M. Um, I going, just... Going Michigan. There's question marks over there. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. They did win the Big, tourney, Big Ten tourney last year uh, and went to the Frozen Four, barely lost to Denver, but... Um, Ooh, that was a close game. Yeah. Uh, they did not renew their contract following last season... Um, with Mel Pearson, and he's no longer the head coach there. Um, Which uh, there's there's going to be some more stuff coming out of that, yeah. so hopefully sooner rather than later, because I I don't know much, Joe, I don't, I don't think either. you know much either, but I've heard from other people that some, uh, some not-so-good stuff happened, and that's why Mel Pearson didn't get the re-up on the contract. Very good coach hockey-wise, but... Maybe not the best person, person-wise. Yeah. And now the assistant coach is um, going to be the interim head coach there, Brandon Naruto. I want to say Naruto so bad. Naruto. Naruto, yeah. Naruto. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they lost uh, decent players. Matty Beniers, Brennan Brisson, mm-hmm. uh, Thomas Bordalo, 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 yeah. Bordalo, Kent Johnson, Owen Power. So that's a lot. That is a lot of loss there. Um, uh, they returned Luke Hughes, Mackie Semaskevich, 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 and Eric Portillo. Um, I do not really know who they recruited, um, and if they did at all. They got. Oh God, well. Well, I don't really know how that would have went about with Mel Pearson's all, and all of that. Yeah, I want to do a little bit more research on them because it's But we can we can always talk about that in the future if we need to. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So you're picking Michigan at fourth. And following up with Michigan, number three for me, I'm also picking Michigan. I it, it's I don't want to say it's gonna be a lot of question marks with them. It's only gonna be a question mark at head coach. Yeah. Because well, I mean, you, it's in house too, though you you don't know yeah. how what 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 went on at all. So I mean, it, it's an in house hire. I mean, you just fired the head. Well, not fired, but didn't renew his contract because of reasons unknown right now. But you never know what could have went through that ladder in the staff management too. So I mean, we'll see though. Who knows? Yeah, yeah the that's all. I want Brandon. To say. Norado could be a godson of a coach that was yeah. just behind Mel Pearson, and right. you know, who knows? But yeah, for me, I'm picking Michigan at three, basically because 
of what they lost. They, if you look at what they lost, you said the names, Maddie Beniers, Brendan Brisson, Thomas Bordalo, Ken Johnson, Owen Power. Joe, that is, if you take those five players, that could be a starting lineup that a team tweets out in the NHL. That is nuts that they had that, as well as Luke Hughes, Mackie Samuskevich, Eric Portillo and Nett. They had all those guys last year. And losing, I, I, I think they should have won it all. I definitely, I think they, I said it last year, I think they, they should have won the Big Ten. I, they won the Big Ten tournament. I think they should have won it all. Obviously, losing 3-2 against Denver in the Frozen Four, that's very, very close. But, you know, it's two games away from winning it all. But um, I, I think last year was their chance. This year, they're in a little bit of turmoil. There's some stuff's going on. They don't have their head coach. That brought them to the promised land last year. They lost five NHL-caliber players. If a college team loses five NHL-caliber players, you're not going to be the same team. So that's why I'm picking Michigan to finish third. Like I said, they do have Luke Hughes, uh, Samuskevich, and Portillo coming back, but losing basically an NHL starting lineup uh, is going to be extremely hard to replace, especially with the distractions and the turmoil that this, uh, this program might face. So... I, I like your pick with them at four, but I'm putting them one up at three. But I could also see them getting second and first in the Big Ten. You know, they do still have a crap ton of talent. I'm not saying they lost everything, but uh, they did lose a lot. So Michigan clocking in at number three in my predictions. And yeah. Yeah, my number three, um, uh, I went a little little crazy. Yeah, you um, did go a little crazy. Because I am not naming a team that has already been named on yours, on your rankings. <laughs> but Minnesota is at number three, mm. and that means that the Buckeyes are still on. on my I, list I wonder where to. they will. Well, I wonder. We'll, we'll see. But yeah, Minnesota at number three. Um, Interesting. They won the Big Ted regular season last year, made the Frozen Four, lost 5 1 to Minnesota State. Um, that they was surprising. Added, I did not see them lose at 5-1 to Minnesota State in that game. <laughs> yeah, that was very surprising. Uh, interstate rivalry. Um, yeah. They always go hard. <laughs> uh, add, they added Logan Cooley. Um, he's the number five ranked under 23 prospect in college. Or, sorry, not in college. Just, overall. Yeah. Number five under 23 so every everybody outside the NHL that's under twenty three, he's the fifth, and he's playing college hockey at Minnesota. That's a little scary, definitely a little scary. Do they play games already? Yeah. Oh, okay. They played Longwood. I don't. I don't remember that. Saw it a couple hours ago. It's mm. one of those teams that you never know unless they play your team. Lindenwood, Longwood, Lindenwood. Close enough, but yeah, they they won four zero, and then they won six four the second game. So that's a little a little weird for Minnesota to drop four goals against Lindenwood, but they yeah they already did open up their season. Mm. Awesome. Um, they lost Blake McLaughlin, Sammy Walker, and Chaz Lucius, and uh, those are decent losses right there. Um, but yeah, big losses. Big losses for Minnesota, especially their. Like I think Sammy Walker played like six years. It feels like, and he was a captain for a while. So that's a big loss. Yeah, and they returned Brock Faber, Jackson Lacombe, and Matthew Nice. Nice knees. Nice. I think it's knees. I don't know. I forget. But um, I mean those are good returning players. There, uh, they need them if they want to 
come back and win the Big Ten regular season again. Um, if everybody stays healthy, I mean, I could see them getting first. Uh, I just think that with what they lost and the leadership that they've lost, that uh, you just never know. Um, I'm just hoping that it'll be a little bit different this year. Yeah, and Minnesota, I feel like they're they're definitely the more popular to pick to pick at number one. It's just, I like I like how you did your list as well as mine. I like picking stuff that other people don't pick. I don't I don't want to copy paste what other people pick. I want to give my own intel, and I think that's what we're both doing here. And for me, Minnesota, not clocking in at number one, I'm clocking them in runner-up in the Big Ten. They're number two, so that means for me, Notre Dame will take number one. I'll talk about in a second. But Minnesota finishing second, I think... I think they're either going to be first, second, or third. I don't see a world where they're fourth or beyond. Yeah. Um, they they did lose they did lose the players they lost, but they return. Obviously, you know Brock Faber, Jackson Lacole, Matthew Nyes. I the, you know it's college. It's like I said, it's the rotating door. You're going to lose some. You're going to gain some. I don't think their losses are too egregious where they drop in the in the Big Ten that much. And they got freaking Bob Motzko as head coach. That guy. That guy's a good head coach. Yeah. Trust me, very, very good head coach. So I see them I see them going back to the tournament. I don't see them going for a frozen four run again. They don't have Jack LaFontaine, but actually last year they didn't have Jack LaFontaine for that run. He just randomly signed with the uh, Hurricanes, if I remember correctly, and said, bye-bye, I'm out of here. So, um, yeah, I think I think Minnesota is the most, the most steady team in terms of what happened last year to this year. So I, I'm picking them... I'm picking them second. That's my number two pick. So right now I got Wisconsin at seven. Actually, no, I'll do this at the end when we do our number one. So for me, Minnesota runner up in the Big Ten. Yeah, and uh, across the board, I have number two, uh, Ohio State Ooh, University. Yes, interesting. Um, uh, they were sneaky good last year. They ended the season on a thirteen and two run. They didn't are... end it. Almost did. Almost did. They got they got swept the last two series. Oh yeah, near the end of the season. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I mean they're not really moving on any players that are notable that were very impactful to the team, and they aren't bringing well, they anybody lost, in. Either. They lost Merkulov. They're they're oh. they're leading leading goal scorer, oh, freshman sensation. Yeah, yeah he got yeah. Yeah. Well, they still have the other three coming back. <laughs> freshman. And, Mason Lowry, Jacob yeah. Dobes, Dobesh, Dobesh, and Cam Thiesing. I think it's Tysing. Tysing. Yeah. Cam Tysing. That sounds right because I definitely heard that last year. Um. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, the only thing is, uh, they didn't really add anything to the team. They didn't um, go out and add any big uh, freshmen or transfers. Um, I just think that they'll be able to keep building around the guys that they had last year and I mean they didn't finish great in that last series but they did end the year pretty good still what it was 13 and 4 around there so um, I think they could pick it up back up where they left off like I said they're not returning or I mean sorry they're not adding much they're not you know getting rid of much so I don't know. I think they could keep it right where it's at and just keep it keep the train moving. 
So you're picking Ohio State runner-up in the Big Ten. And for me, number one, I already spoiled it a little bit, but if you're paying attention, you could cross off the uh, the Big Ten logos in your head and find out. I'm picking the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. They are finishing first in the Big Ten this year. They had the strong season last year. They finished third in the Big Ten. And they did, they 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 could have, they could have easily gotten to the Frozen Four. They lost to Minnesota State 1-0 in the quarterfinals. That was that was the closest game that Minnesota State had in that tournament, except for the finals against Denver, where they I think they lost three two. Don't call me on that. But Notre Dame had a really really strong season. Uh, they they return four of their top seven scores, and they also add like very good production people. Twenty four point getter in Jackson Pearson from New Hampshire. They also got a twenty three point getter uh, from Omaha in Chase Premu. Don't know how to pronounce that game that name fully correctly. So they, I they didn't lose that much, and they gained a lot of actual people that will freaking produce. Also, they only got four freshmen on the lineup this year. They're experienced, and with them returning what they're returning from last year into this year, I'm very very excited. Obviously, them losing to the national development team in the exhibition a little bit concerning, but it's exhibition preseason. Don't think about that too much. But um, the reason why I'm Picking them number one is they 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 didn't they obviously they lost rotating door but they didn't lose many of their production like actually no they did lose production obviously but they had a lot of production across the board on their team they lost Max Ellis he was the leading point getter of twenty eight they also lost their sixth best point getter and Graham Slagger with twenty five but that that shows right there twenty eight points to twenty five points there's six different people they got they got production from a lot of different people very evenly you add that with the uh, uh jackson pearson from new hampshire chase Permu from omaha both production players and you don't minus that much you don't have many new people going into the lineup you got a lot of experience at a veteran team in my mind that will do very very good in the big 10 i think enough to uh to win because notre dame they did. They they just look. They look the best to me. I'm surprised that other people aren't picking Notre Dame because, based on what Minnesota and Michigan lost, especially what Michigan lost, I don't see them winning the Big Ten this year. And I see another team stepping up, and that team is the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Sorry for being broken record, repeating a bunch of stuff we already said, but you know, it's we're we're breaking down stuff. We're previewing stuff. We'll we've done our research. We'll probably find out the same things here and there. So. uh yeah, for me to to just give it a little recap, I got Notre Dame clocking in at one, Minnesota Golden Gophers at two, Michigan's finishing third for me, Ohio State at fourth, Penn State at fifth, Michigan State sixth, and then to round out the seven is Wisconsin. So, Joe, who you got at number one? I have the same pick, Notre Dame. Yep. Um, I have the same reasoning, honestly. Uh, full of veteran presence. Um, like you said, they're not losing much production. Um, I mean, they are, but not much comparatively compared. to yeah. other teams. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you have your two top guys put up 58 points combined, um, sorry. Yeah. No. Hmm? Oh my God. Yeah. 53 points combined. Yeah. I totally got that. My adding is not quick math. Right yep. <laughs> Don't have my phone for the calculator. <laughs> <laughs> Pull out the calculator. Uh, beep, boop, bop, beep, boop. Add that number. What is 28 plus 25? That's just sad. Hey, hey Siri. <laughs> Wait, don't go off right now. Um, okay, yeah, good. but uh, they returned four of their seven scores and added a 24-point getter in Jackson Pearson. 
Um, I love that. Uh, he did really well last year. Same with what Chase Premier, like you said. Yep. Um, Transfer from Omaha, twenty three points. Omaha, twenty three points. Uh, that matters a lot that they're able to get two of those guys in, you know, to help stop gap those three guys that are leaving. So, um, it's just the veteran presence here. Um, it's like Ohio State is the opposite. Ohio State, <laughs> the they've got guy, the young they've got the young guys. I mean, they're they're a year experienced, which helps them. Uh, and I think that could help them with a big run this year. But if you have veterans across the board, like Notre Dame, yeah, I mean, they're just going to come out and rip some of these younger teams apart. Yeah, Notre Dame, even though they lost senior goal, yeah, senior goaltender Matthew Galaja, it's junior, or it's now senior, Ryan Bischel stepping up, which did pretty, pretty good as a backup. He uh, played 16 games, won 10, lost four, filled in for another couple. He had a 2.08 goals against average and a .924 save percentage. So for a backup goalie, that that's actually really good. So even on goalie, sure they lost, but somebody's stepping up and it's a veteran as well who's been there, done that. So we're both picking Notre Dame number one, and I, I like our picks. It's a little bit off the cuff, a little bit different from what the uh, the media may put out there, but... It's definitely interesting. So for Joe, did did you go over? Oh no, I yeah, did not. Yeah, go just yeah. Uh, yeah. Give it so a... at, at one Notre Dame, at two I have Ohio State University placing third, Minnesota placing fourth, Michigan, fifth place Michigan State University, Ooh. sixth place Wisconsin, and seventh place Penn State. So that is going to wrap up the uh, the Big Ten preview. And like I said earlier, if, if somehow one of us gets this right, holy crap, that's that's crazy. That that would be awesome. Maybe show me the money. Yeah, <laughs> show me the money. Was that Appalachian State coach saying that after they beat Michigan or something? I don't know. I just good meme. Uh, anyways, uh, moving on from that, um, I did did find some some random cool stats about about Big Ten hockey. That since we're on the topic of you know trying to predict what's going on, I thought I'd throw into the pod. So I found out that Michigan, Michigan State, Minnesota—that's a lot of M's—and Wisconsin have 23 combined national championships between all of them. None of them came when any of them were members of the Big Ten. Big Ten has been around, or Big Ten hockey, rather, has been a conference since 2013-2014 season. None of those 23 champion, none of those 23 championships from those four teams that's, has come when they're a Big Ten college hockey conference, which is, which is whack. They've sent seven teams to the Frozen Four since the uh, Big Ten conference started in 2013-14 and no championships so my question to you joe as you're looking at me right now my question to you is is this the year that a big 10 conference team officially in the conference wins the championship brings home the natty wins the frozen four does it all is this a year i don't think so i honestly believe notre dame has the best chance and we already talked about why Mm -hmm. and I believe they're literally the only team out of the Big Ten that has a chance at that this year. Yeah, I think teams across the nation are more stacked. I think last year was the the yes yeah. for this. With Michigan, I think Michigan and Minnesota could have both won it. I think Michigan was better than Minnesota, but I either both of those teams could have won it. But with what Michigan lost and you know, we talked about Minnesota losing some, gaining some, returning some, blah, blah, blah. I, I don't see them going back to the Frozen Four, either of them. 
And yeah, I'm, I'd, I'd say if anybody has a chance at the Frozen Four, I'm thinking it's Notre Dame, but I also don't think they get to the Frozen Four either. I think it's a little yeah. bit of a weaker Big Ten conference compared to last year because last year you had uh, Michigan, Minnesota, Notre Dame just killing it at top, and then Ohio State sneaking in there in the fourth. They were going crazy. And then way low at the bottom, it was Penn State, Wisconsin, Michigan State fighting. So it was it was like... It was two different, two different Big Tens pretty much last year, and you saw the gap. You yeah. saw the talent difference. So uh, this year is not the year that the Big Ten will get a championship. Felt like football with an East and a West. Oh, yes. Yes, that is exactly what it felt like. Uh, so a uh, little bit more just random tidbits we want to throw into the pod. 23 years ago today, October 6th, we're recording this Thursday, October 6th. 23 years ago today. Joe, do you remember where you were 23 years ago this exact day? 23 years ago or uh, 21 21 sorry oh, 21. 21 yes 21. Um, not 23 don't know how i got that i believe i was in my crib or either on my mom's lap maybe getting back rubs to burp you never know i could have had some milk uh i don't think i was watching a tv though no because uh 23 years ago on this day it was the historic cold war hockey matchup between michigan and michigan state that took place on the grounds of spartan stadium uh i'd I wish I wish I was there. I would have been two years old with uh, it's probably five blankets around me and no recollection of that memory. But it was it was a game that very historic in Michigan to Michigan State uh, hockey history, and it did go down as a three three tie. So just wanted to point that out there. If you were there, let let us know on Twitter. If you got some pictures, I want to see some pictures of yeah. like what because I've seen I've seen like the standard photo yeah. of the stadium, but like you got some videos, some pictures. Let me know. I do actually want to see that. Hit me up on Twitter. Uh, I'll plug my Twitter at the end, so skip to the end if you are really interested about that. That would be cool. But um, that's enough of that. Doing just a little little update of the schedule just to refresh you guys to keep your minds fresh about who Michigan State is versing. Obviously, this weekend, uh, the 7th and the 8th of October. Actually, probably today if you're listening. I'm pretty sure this is going to come out Friday, hopefully. Yeah. <clears throat> Anyways, uh they are uh, Michigan State opens up their season with a home and home against Bowling Green the following weekend. This is a Thursday and Friday series, so a little bit, a little bit different. But they are hosting UMass Lowell. Last year, they actually did do a home and home with Lowell. No, no, no. I can't remember if it was a home and home or if it was both at Lowell. But uh, they did split against Lowell. Lowell's a pretty good team. I expect them to be very good this year. So that series is going to be tough. But this time, both games are at home. And then after the Lowell series, Michigan State welcomes in Long Island and Adam Goodsir and company. And then finally, at the end of the month, uh, October 28th and 29th, right before Halloween, Michigan State starts off their uh, Big Ten regular season slate at uh, Notre Dame, which that's a, that's a team to start off your, your season against. So yeah, that's, we won't go further in the schedule than that. That's all I'll say for now. At least we're not Wisconsin having to play Ohio State this weekend. So. Oh, this weekend? Yep. Dang. Yep. Already getting we'll into conference. We'll see how that works. And I could see I could see that as a split. I can see Wisconsin with both. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's the first week of Big Ten. We're gonna find so much. Oh wait, why are they facing that's so weird? We're gonna find so much in the next couple months between the Big Ten. But that's so weird that they're versing each other. They're doing a little like college football Big Ten stuff where yeah. teams well, have I started mean, to open up against each other. What? COVID season was the last season that we had that because we couldn't play out of conference, but um, and then had Arizona State join the Big Ten that year, too. That's interesting. Uh, so, yeah, that's a look at the schedule. Won't go too far into that. 
Uh, we will not do pickums this week. I'm sorry. I know America's favorite segment. Everybody just went, oh, but pickums. But I watched this whole episode just because of pickums. I know. I'm sorry. We're whole, we're pumping the brakes, hitting the timeout. I'm doing the the coach's timeout right now. Unfortunately, none of you guys can see. But uh, we're gonna wait to do them until Stincy gets back. Jacob Stinson, of course. Hopefully, he has some safe travels to and from uh, a uh, relative wedding. But uh, we'll wait. And then also rec- uh, recruiting stuff. We we're gonna talk about it this week, but since Stinson's also gone. We'll we'll wait on recruiting. We'll we'll get that in there. We'll get you guys your fill, but we will uh we will do that eventually. We'll get to it eventually. We wanted to, you know, do a little series or do a little Big Ten preview and get all that other information out to you guys. But holy crap, this is probably one of the biggest nah, I, I feel like it's one of the longest. I don't know. I'm I'm gonna click stop recording and we'll see. But uh this is a little, little bit of a long episode, but that is all we have. For, for Behind the Mask today, Season 11, Episode 2 of the year, Michigan State opens up their inaugural season under the Nightingale era against Bowling Green. It's going to be a very interesting series. We'll be back next week to break down what happened in the Bowling Green series. Preview was going to go on against UMass Lowell. And, uh, yeah, we'll we'll be back and talk more hockey, obviously. I'll, I will be calling the game this weekend so if you guys want to go to impact 89 fm you could listen to it anywhere for nifty little web url link you don't have to be in the east lansing or the greater east lansing area you could listen to it wherever so if you want to listen to the game on the radio i'll be on the call and uh i think that's all the coverage we got for the week so um yeah without further ado i'm ryan rodosevich joined alongside joseph damiani joseph you got any closing words brother uh, yeah, have a great weekend, guys. There you go. Yeah, have a yeah. great weekend. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back next weekend to do whatever the heck I just said one minute, 20 seconds ago. Have a good one. Peace out. <laughs>